please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you doing this week, my friend? You feeling good? Feeling strong? Feeling better than you did last week? Good, I'm glad. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? Listen, I want to apologize for last week. Last week was the first time in a year that I didn't publish an episode. And the reason being is that I had a death in the family. It was a very fine man, my wife's uncle, Terrence O'Donnell. He passed away from complications of from Parkinson's disease, and he is very missed, very, very missed. It's been a long couple of months with, the, with his family there. Back in May, my wife's cousin committed suicide, yes, and that turned the family on end, and In his suicide letter, he mentioned my wife and wanted my wife to take care of his mother. And after his passing, unfortunately, his mother fell into deep depression that turned into the starts of dementia. In the meantime, Terrence was already dealing with Parkinson's disease. And his wife, my wife's aunt, was put into a hospital nursing home situation to get rehabilitation because she couldn't remember anything and she's been diagnosed with dementia. She's home now with a home health aide. She was home a short, short period of time and in that short period of time, Terrence took sick and ended up in the hospital with pneumonia and he never came out of the hospital and it all culminated last week and we had the funeral. So forgive me for missing last week, please. Uh, it was a trying time, mostly for my wife, and it just it's going to take a little bit of time to get over, but we will get past it. Unfortunately, it had to happen, and Terry Terrence will be forever in our memory and in our hearts. Let's move on here. How are you guys doing this week? You feeling good? Feeling strong? I hope so. Hey, I've got a pretty good one for you this week. We've got some information, actually a lot of information. I have an update from the Department of Social Security, a warning they put out about fraudulent phone calls. And I have uh, a study I want to share with you about upper back pain and also another study about an active mindset. You know, how many times have you said, I'm bored. When was the last time you said I'm bored? I'm sure if you think about it, it's not too long ago. Well, we're gonna we're gonna discuss that, but we're gonna start off first with the uh, with the Department of Social Security warning. And uh, it's titled "The IG warns public about fraudulent phone calls threatening arrest or legal action." The Acting Inspector General of Social Security, Gail Stallworth Stone, is urging citizens to remain vigilant of telephone impersonation schemes that exploit the Social Security Administration, reputation, and authority. The Office of the, of the Inspector General, OIG, continues to receive reports from across the country about fraudulent phone calls 
emails from people claiming to be from the SSA. Recent reports have indicated that unknown callers are using increasingly threatening language in these calls. The callers state, due to improper or illegal activity with a citizen's social security number or account, a citizen will be arrested or face other legal action if they fail to call a provided number to address the issue. This is a scam. Citizens should not engage with these calls or provide any personal information. SSA employees do not contact citizens generally. Those who have ongoing businesses with the SSA by telephone for customer services. However, SSA employees will never threaten you for information. They will not state that you face potential arrest or legal action if you fail to provide information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Unfortunately, scammers will try anything to mislead or harm innocent people, including scaring them into thinking that something is wrong with their social security account and they might be arrested, Stone said. Encourage everyone to remain watchful of these schemes and to alert family members and friends of their prevalence. We will continue to track these scams and warn citizens so that they can stay stay several steps ahead of these thieves. The OIG recently warned that some of these impersonation calls have spoofed the SSA's National Customer Service number, displaying one eight. 800-772-1213 as the incoming number on the caller ID. The acting inspector general urges citizens to be extremely cautious and to avoid providing information such as your social security number or bank account numbers to unknown persons over the phone or internet unless you are completely certain of who is receiving it. If you receive suspicious calls from someone alleging to be from the Social Security Administration, you should report the, that information to the OIG at 1-800-269-0271 or online at https semicolon forward slash forward slash oig.ssa.gov forward slash report. By that spoofing, that means that the somehow they got the social security number to show up on your caller ID. That happens with a lot of scammers too that'll call and you'll look at the caller ID and you'll know you'll look at it and you'll say, wow, I know that number. Then you realize that's your number showing up on the caller ID. Don't even answer those calls. Don't answer those calls. If you see the Department of Social Security, their number calling you, I would let it go to voicemail and see what they say. And if it's a threatening message, call Social Security right back and say, look, this is what they said. And they'll tell you where to go from there. But don't answer the calls. I wouldn't. Okay, let's move on here. I was reading on the web the other day, and I came across this article I found very interesting, and it, it especially affects us. I mean, those of us who are disabled, we're home, we're sitting around, sometimes watching too much TV, and we become bored with ourselves, right? I know I do. This is an article by a fellow named Darius Foreau, and the article says, The Active Mindset, A Sure Way to Avoid All Boredom with Life. And it goes like this. It says... I'm bored. When was the last time you heard yourself say that? I bet not too long ago. If you give a listen, I'll tell you why that's a 
bad sign. In the past, I always looked at other people for answers. When you're little in school, your teachers, they tell you what to do every day. That's the system, primary school, high school, college, and university. It's always one person who tells the group what to do. And what does that do to people? School systems train us to be passive. And after we get out of school, nothing really changes. When I had my first job, I listened to my boss about what I was supposed to do. And when I started my first business with my dad, I looked to him for all the answers. Now you might think that this is a matter of experience. That's the most obvious idea. We think when I'm junior, I take orders. When I'm a senior, I give orders. That's about the worst mindset you can have because it's too passive. Instead, it's much more beneficial for our career to adopt an active mindset. What's the difference between a passive and active mindset? And how do we even form an active mindset? I have a three-step process that I, I use to transform my own mindset. Feel free to use it too. Step one, acknowledge that passivity is bad. So when I talk about being bored, I'm not talking about being bored in a good way. Sometimes the best ideas come to us when we're fully relaxed. That's good. For the sake of this article, I'm talking about when we say I'm bored in an I have no idea what I'm doing type of way. Do you recognize that feeling? It's a sense of aimlessness. Now, to a degree, no one knows what they are doing. The difference is when you are always bored with life, you're not trying. And people who don't try are losers. <laughs> no doubt about it. You know why? Life is fascinating. But you must try. You have to try to experience it. There's nothing cool about not having your shit together. You can go through life as a passenger. At some point, though, you have to take over the wheel and decide where you're going next. That's the difference between people who have an active mindset and people with a passive mindset. The former owns his destiny. The latter leaves it up to other people. Step two, commit to learning. The Stoic philosopher Seneca put it best in On the Shortness of Life. He said, if you apply yourself to study, you will avoid all boredom with life. You will not long for the night because you are sick of daylight. You will be neither burdened to yourself nor useless to others. You will attract many to become your friends and the finest people will flock about you. That's why I believe mindset has nothing to do with your ex with experience. I know interns who are more curious and ask more questions than the most senior managers. But having a, an active mindset has nothing to do with age or experience. For example, an insurance consultant in his 60s who I work with is as curious as an intern. He's enthusiastic about everything you talk about with him. The other day, I visited a printing company with my brother. The owner, a third generation business owner took over the printing business from his father years ago. He gave us a full tour and showed us the old printing presses used, etc. My brother and I were genuinely interested. The printing press was developed by Johann Gutenberg. It is the greatest invention for human progress. Without books, we wouldn't be where we are today. That's fascinating to me. The owner said, I've never seen anyone who actually asked how we print books, magazines, flyers, and etc. Not many people commit to learning. That's why so many people are always bored. That shouldn't be a surprise to you by now. Step three, 
add value if you apply step two adding value becomes easy when you're curious and ask questions you learn when you learn you will always have more knowledge and ideas when you have ideas you can use them to improve your life work business etc that's the logic but that doesn't mean you should blatantly share your ideas and advice with everyone you know why just because you have a good idea or a piece of advice it doesn't mean you must tell the other person about it people get offended quickly the reasons uh, the reasons is that advice can be perceived as criticism dale carnegie writes about that exhaustively in how to win friends and influence people you must be subtle when you try to add value carnegie says don't criticize condemn or complain give honest and sincere and sincere appreciation arousing the other person an eager want it's much better to let people realize something by themselves instead of trying to force it on them sometimes people email me and say i need to change something about my blog your article is too long someone recently said he clearly never read carnegie when it comes to adopting an active mindset more knowledge will not help you only action will people with passive mindset think that that's common sense they're quick to think they already know things but as you and i both know it's not about what you know it's about what you do the most important thing is that we commit to learning if you stay assertive and try to help people who want to be helped that is in life and business you'll never be bored plus you'll keep making progress making progress no matter how little is a sure sign that you have an active mindset that's very interesting very interesting something to take in i just found it interesting when i was going through on the web and i thought to myself you know we sit around and there's so many things that we could be doing to learn and i don't mean listening to tv or to radio read there's things we can do to practice what we learn it doesn't have to be physical but we can do it the minute we stop using our brains the minute we stop using our minds is the minute we we might as well put both feet in the grave we're disabled we're not dead and that's just something i like to i like to remind people of you know our minds our minds are our strongest muscles so they have that old saying if you don't if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And that's the truth. Real quick, too, before we take a break here, I just wanted to share this with you. I thought it was kind of funny. You remember uh, my friend Oscar, uh, the fellow that thinks that handicapped people shouldn't have parking permits. Well, he was down in Florida visiting his grandchildren. Yeah, believe it or not, he has kids and grandkids. And uh, he was down there and they went to, a, went to a zoo for a holiday display. Now, the zoo is huge. And while he was down there, there he hurt his back really bad and he was having difficulty walking so his wife rented him uh the electric uh, wheelchair <laughs> at the zoo and he's using it and you know he got around and went around with it and he was telling me just uh day before yesterday he says i hated it i hated every minute of it he says people look at you like uh you know like the what's wrong with you uh, what are you just fat and sitting in a wheelchair and they bend down they talk very condescending to you and yeah you know, they get in your way and they're rude to you too and all this and i was saying to Welcome to a disabled person's world, Oscar. You know, the people that you think are just faking it. This is what they deal with on a day in, day out basis. But he says, Well, he goes, I have to I have to say, I, I might have been wrong. I, I almost fell out of my chair. Well, I'm gonna have him up back up on the show and I'm gonna have him explain to everybody what he realized.
realized about his enlightening. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. I thought it was good. I thought it was funny, actually. He, all of a sudden, he's complaining about being in a disabled position instead of complaining about people who are disabled. Well, all right, let's take a quick break here. We'll be back in 30 seconds, a mere shake of a lamb's tail, as they say. And I'll see you on the other side. On the other side, we're going to discuss back pain and how you can take care of it, upper back pain especially, and what are some of the causes, and if you have to see a doctor about it. So stick with us, 30 seconds, we'll be right back. I'll see you on the other side. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. There you're going to find articles about the topics we discuss. You're going to find our connections to our Facebook page. And you're even going to find connections to our private chat board. So take a minute, go over, visit www.famousapple.com. But please wait till the end of this podcast. Don't run out on me now. Let's get back to the discussion. And we're back. That wasn't long. I told you it was going to be 30 seconds. 30 seconds, a mere bag of shells. <laughs> Anyhow, I have, a, I have another article here. It's from the Medical News Today. And this is about upper back pain. Now, you always hear people talking about lower back pain. They bent over and they have sciatica or they threw their back out. But upper back pain, it affects one in 10 men and one in five women. And Sometimes it feels like you have a burning sensation in your upper back or like something's pulling and you know, it's just, it's painful. It's painful. All back pain is painful really. But this is an interesting article and I just wanted to share this with you. It says, what are the most likely causes of upper back pain? It's by John Johnson. And again, it's from Medical News Today. Pain in the upper back is usually the result of poor posture, muscle overuse, or injury. Treatment may include home remedies such as rest and gentle exercise, or possibly seeing a physical therapist. The upper back area is between the base of the neck and the bottom of the rib cage. There are 12 bones that make up the upper back, which doctors call the thoracic spine. The first bone of the upper back begins at the base of the neck, and the 12th bone ends just below the rib cage. Upper back pain can appear anywhere between these bones. Most people describe the upper back pain as burning or pulling sensation in one place, which may be the location of the injury or the strain. Common causes of upper back pain. Though it's less common than lower back pain or neck pain, a study posted in the Occupational Medi Medicine indicated that one in 10 men and one in five women might suffer from upper back pain. Doctors call upper back pain thoracic spine pain or TSP. Common causes include the following. Number one, muscle deconditioning or poor posture. People can condition their muscles over time to be stronger or more enduring through exercise and weight training. The reverse is also true. Humans may decondition their muscles over time by not using them correctly. In some muscles, including back muscles, deconditioning is easy as sitting at a desk and incorrect posture for too long. A person may do this while at work. Slouching in a 
a chair over a desk may cause loss of strength to the muscles. Over time, the weakening of the muscles may lead to pain in the area that they experience the strength or irritation. When a person slouches, pressure from gravity and the body itself pushes on the spine, neck, discs, and ligaments. Over time, the pressure can lead to pain and other complications. It is possible to condition the muscles to be stronger and more durable in most cases. This process starts with correcting your posture while sitting and taking regular breaks from the desk to, to move around and stretch. Exercises may also improve your strength in the back and using a standing desk can help too. We, we've seen a lot of that advertised on TV lately, huh? The standing desk. Conditioning the muscle requires patience, however, and anyone with chronic upper back pain from weak muscles might benefit from seeing a physical therapist to find an exercise routine for their specific needs. Number two, muscle overuse. Overusing back muscles is another common cause of upper back pain. This typically occurs due to repeating the same motions over time. This can be a cause of muscle strain, tightness, and irritation. The classic example of how this occurs is a pitcher in baseball who does similar motion every time they pitch, which can often take its toll on their shoulder. Other repetitive activities may cause similar pain. Some people who has to make the same motion all day or lift things over their head throughout the day, for example, may start to experience muscle irritation, tightness, or strain. This could turn into chronic pain if they ignore these signs. Treatment for muscle overuse typically begins with resting the area as well as using heat or ice packs to promote blood circulation to the muscle tissue. It may help to find ways to avoid the repeated motion where possible or take breaks between the activities. A physical therapist may recommend exercises to promote flexibility and strength in the, in the area. Traumatic injury. Traumatic injury can also lead to back pain. This may be the result of situations that include a car accident, a slip and fall, work-related accidents, lifting incorrectly, or working out too hard. The injury sometimes is obvious and the pain appears just after the incident. Other times, the pain may not develop until later or the next day. Traumatic injuries can be severe and issues from these injuries, for example, fractured vertebrae put a person at risk of lasting complications including chronic pain, nerve damage, and paralysis. A doctor should look at all potential back injuries as it is vital that they heal properly to avoid long-term pain. A doctor may refer the person to a physiologist or a physical therapist and to help muscle injuries heal properly. Severe injuries may require surgery. A herniated disc is number four. Herniated discs are more common in the lower back, but they may sometimes happen in the upper back too. Discs are the soft rubbery cushions between each vertebrae. Herniated discs occur when a piece of the cushion pokes out and puts pressure on the spine. Even a small amount of pressure can result in significant pain in the middle of the back, as well as other symptoms including numbness or weakness in the arms and legs. Most people do not need surgery for a herniated disc and will recover with rest or by taking anti-inflammatory medication. Number five, a pinched nerve. A herniated disc can slip far enough out, out that it compresses the nearby nerve. A pinched nerve is in the middle of the back 
may cause numbness and pain in the arms and legs, problems with controlling urination, weakness or loss of control of the legs. When the pinched nerve comes from a herniated disc, the treatment is similar to treating the herniated disc. A pinched nerve does not usually need surgery, though doctors may recommend spinal steroid injections in some cases. Number six, osteoarthritis. The source of back pain is sometimes not the muscle, but a problem with the bones and joints. The cartilage that cushions and protects the bones may wear down as a person ages. The term for this is osteoarthritis. It is the most common form of arthritis among older adults, according to United States National Institute on Aging. Osteoarthritis may even lead to cartilage between the bones completely wearing away, causing the bones to rub together. This can put pressure on on the nerves in the spine, causing numbness or tingling in the arms and legs. Anyone who suspects they may have osteoarthritis should see a doctor for a diagnosis and treatment plan. Treatment typically focuses on managing pain and keeping the joints functioning. Myofascial pain is number seven. Pain may also stem from problems in the connections of tissue in the back, which doctors call the fascia. Myofascial pain may begin after surgery or overuse, but chronic myofascial pain may last long after the initial injury. It is uncertain why myofascial pain continues. In some cases, doctors may recommend physical therapy and myofascial release therapy to enable a person to work with the fascia and relieve the pain. Spinal infection is number eight. Rarely, an infection may be the cause of the upper back pain. A spinal epidural abscess, a collection of germs and pus that forms between the spinal cord and the bones of the spine. The abscess can grow and swell, leading to pain. Early diagnosis is critical, and doctors will will treat spinal abscesses quickly to avoid serious complications. Antibiotics may help and surgery may be necessary to clear the abscess and reduce the risk of complications. A study posted to Biomed Research International notes that mortality can vary from between 2 to 25% in people with spinal epidural abscess, typically because it may take too long to diagnose the condition. Number nine, lung cancer. Back pain may be due to lung cancer in very rare cases. A case study in the Journal of the Advanced Practitioner in Oncology highlights one such case. The study notes that the complications can cause the cancer to spread to the bones in about 30 to 40 percent of people with non-small cell lung cancer. Other conditions. Specific conditions affecting the spine or muscles may lead to upper back pain. These conditions include scoliosis, fibromyalgia, and spinal deformity, to name a few. Treatment for each condition varies and will have varying degrees of success. Preventing upper back pain. It may not be possible to prevent all causes of upper back pain, but there are some easy steps people can take to avoid some of the more common causes. These include, one, take regular breaks from sitting or lying down to stretch and move different muscle groups. Two, take frequent breaks from working at a desk to stretch so that the muscles may stay loose and strong. Three, take a few minutes to stretch your muscles or warm up the body before any activity. Four, people who lift heavy objects should avoid twisting or lifting with their back. Five, 
Have regular massages to help work out any tension in the muscles. 6. Work with a physical therapist to strengthen weak muscles and keep pressure off the joints. 7. Avoid wearing heavy backpacks or purses. 8. Be conscious of your posture at all times. Walking upright and sitting correctly using back supports if necessary. Most cases of back pain appear because of lifestyle issues such as weak or overused muscles from repetitive behaviors. In these cases, lifestyle changes such as regular exercise and stretching may help relieve the pain. In cases of trauma, chronic back pain, people should see a doctor for a proper diagnosis. Anyone who is uncertain where to begin should ask their doctor for their pain and treatment options. They may recommend specific exercises or refer a person to a physical therapist. All right, I just want to stick my two cents in here. Look, before you try anything new, before you try any new exercises, please, please check with your doctor. Remember, you're disabled and you have more going on than the average person. So, Please check with your doctor before trying anything new, okay? Well, that's going to be it for today, I think. Um, one thing I do want to say, you know, like I said, uh, my wife's uncle, he married my wife's aunt later on in life, and he took on my wife's cousins as a stepfather. And I want to salute the people out there, the the men and the women who marry into these ready-made families that, that take on stepchildren and take care of them like they're their own. The kids, sometimes they're just rotten kids. They're they're not going to be appreciative. But you know, you're showing who you truly are when you step up and you take care of kids. And that same goes goes for the people who adopt children. You're a special breed of people. And I personally want to thank you. All right. Thank you very much for stopping by today. And again, I apologize for last week. But Remember this, things can always be worse. Right now, there's somebody who's trying, who's wishing that they were in your position. So remember, things can always be worse. All right, my friends, if you want to get in contact with me, you can write me at jimmyapple at famousapple.com. If you have a question about the podcast, you can write to admin at famousapple.com. Or you can just leave me a note below here on the podcast page in the comment section. I answer all. I answer all of them. I have a couple that I do have to answer from last week, and I hope that they understand why there was a delay this time. But I do answer everybody. So thanks again for stopping by. I will talk to you the beginning of next week. Have a great, great weekend, my friends. Feel better, feel stronger, do what the doctors tell you to. And I hope you're getting ready for this holiday season. Remember one thing, no matter what, you're not alone. We're here for you. We're here on the podcast and we're here on the website. We're here for you. You want to just shoot the breeze, email me. But never feel like you're alone, okay? Have a good one, my friends. I'll talk to you next week. This is Jimmy Apple, and you're listening to An Apple a Day. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.